suicides, orphans, and oddities. The show that blah, 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 blah. I'm trying out a new theme song. I haven't written the script yet, but. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. With special guests. Nobody. 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 Now featuring your host, Gilbert Neal. And you don't stop till the break of dawn. Hi, this is Gilbert Neal. You're listening to WHUPLP Hillsboro, and this is Saturday evening, and it's time for D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. I am very happy to be here with you, and I hope you're having a great day. But hoping won't make it so. So I prepared two hours of mirth and merriment and a big, big wallop of sadness. Sadness being the first hour of my show. Um, the first hour is dedicated to bands that had a central figure, lead singer, songwriter, sometimes a musician, uh, sometimes an instrumentalist, but uh mostly just somebody who stood in front of the crowd and connected with them. And the rest of the guys would either try to play along or they would loiter. And my first hour features four groups that are very famous. I think they're all in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But in the course of their recording career, they lost their lead singer or their lead singer left to go solo. Um... Or they fought or whatever. Uh, there were legal problems or, or whatever. And they lost their lead singer, but they decided to forge on, saying, I'm sure, at a smoky practice somewhere, we don't need that guy. We're the ones who did this and that and the other thing, and we don't need him, and we're going to do this and that and the other. Okay, so so that's why I say that this, this particular hour will be kind of sad, because this music isn't very good on the most part. So I'm going to go through four, but these are very, I'm not going to say rare, but uh, some of them are rare and rarely heard songs by these groups that you would normally associate. If I said the names of the groups, you would say, oh yeah, I heard that song. Uh, for instance, if you've ever heard... that song that's i'm 18 by alice cooper alice cooper was boy that was really terrible please please i'm better than that i could play better and sing better i'm just in a, in a in a funny place right now anyway uh alice cooper was not the name of the lead singer his name was vincent fernier and it still is but i think he might have legally changed it anyhow five guys working really hard playing in the midwest they started in detroit and a great band with uh, amazing guitar players and a pretty good rhythm section. Uh, I think a lot of their hits, like that one that I just attempted to ruin forever, uh, all five of them chipped in and wrote. I would imagine that they were all jamming, and they came up with that. And then Vincent Fernier said, hey, let's write some lyrics talking about how I'm 18 and I don't know what I want. I'm 18 and... I just don't know what I want. Um, I'm 18. I got to get out of here 
this place or whatever. Um, still ubiquitous. Anyhow, he took the name Alice Cooper or people connected him with the name Alice Cooper. And he took the name. I think he legally took the name Alice Cooper and adopted it to himself. People would say, hey, there's Alice. Uh, there's plenty of documentation out there to talk about the story. But um, I'm going to play for you three songs from an album they released in 1977. A band called Billion Dollar Babies. The guitar player's name is Michael Bruce. And um, he, along with Dennis Dunaway uh, and Neil Smith, all in Alice Cooper's group, after they split from Alice Cooper in 74. Uh Bruce, Michael Bruce started, had a solo album in my own way, which had a whole bunch of celebrities on it. I can't even begin to tell you who they were, but didn't go anywhere. Uh, record company troubles. Uh, then they decided to get together and play this in this group called Billion Dollar Babies. And Billion Dollar Babies is, of course, the biggest selling Alice Cooper album from, I think, 1973, 72, 73. That's the one with Donovan on it. Um. So they decided to proceed without the um, the guy who was called Alice Cooper, uh, had some write-ups, did okay, planned a big stage show um, with gladiators and stuff like that, uh, had a pretty good start. Then the legal problem started with the name. Uh, Vincent Fernier, now known as Alice Cooper, was was trying to sue or something. Anyway, what happened was... When you release a record like that, you need a lot of momentum. You need a lot of press. You need a lot of giddy up and go. And they lost it all. So I'm going to play for now three songs off of that album, which was called um, Billion Dollar Baby. What was it called? Billion Dollar? This was a group called Billion Dollar Babies. Anyway, the album was called Battle Axe from 1977. Here's the guys who were in Alice Cooper and their album Battle Axe. <laughs>
stretch marks upon my face. Is this any kind of way to shake an angel from grace? Was it I the one who gave everything? Or was it I the I think it takes a brave man to talk about the stretch marks on his face. And um, that's what that song has uh, done, did. That was Wasn't I the One 
And before that, um, Shine Your Love. Before that, Too Young, which touches on a lot of the messages that uh, the song I uh, sang before, eighteen, I'm 18, sort of touched on. Trying to capture that rebellious spirit in men who are considerably older, wiser, and probably more tired. Uh, so that was Billion Dollar Babies f- from uh, 1977. And they spent all of their money and a considerable amount of their effort. And it sounds pretty good because it was put together at the end by a guy named Jack Douglas, who is uh, n- known for his work with Aerosmith. There are those great albums in the 70s. And uh, someday I'm going to have a show about Aerosmith because I think it's almost unfortunate that they kept going as long as they did because I think that they were their player for player, the best American group of all time. Better than the Eagles. Yes. How do you like that? So this is D-Sides, Orphans and Oddities. My name is Gilbert Neal on WHUP FM 104.7. And it's great to see you again. And one great sign today was that when I started my show, there was actually sunlight. So I think that we're uh, turning a corner because um, it's important to do my so- do my show in sunlight because uh, since I came here, I was watching uh, DJ Play Play and Queen Please doing their show, and I uh, smashed my finger against the, the, the board here, and uh, I hurt my widow fingers, and uh, I think I dropped my guitar, and then the third accident was me trying to play that Alice Cooper song. Uh, I'm so sorry about that. Anyhow, what did you think of my theme song? Did you like it? Do you think I should keep it? Or do you think I should just come in cold, as they say in the business? Cold opening. Listen to this. I'm going to read you something. Here we go. Mars, fourth planet from the sun, the Roman god of war. The very word has an emotive ring and just the kind of place that might be inhabited by eight-legged web-spinning music the spiders from mars here on earth are not so much interested in entrapping insects as engaging attention born from the rib of the rock god bowie the spiders have an honored name on the tablets of rock immortalized in the ziggy stardust saga the band which backed david bowie to stardom now have their sights set on higher things for themselves. But a Martian mystery still prevails. Who are these men who bombarded our planet with an intergalactic rhythm? As their cosmic telephone rings, should we answer, it would be a shame if the world chose to ignore the spiders, for they have immense power. A wide spectrum of ideas is at their command, and we earthlings could well benefit from their superior knowledge. Yes, That is emblazoned on the back of an album released in 1976 by a band calling themselves the Spiders from Mars. Yes, they are the guys who played with David Bowie on all of those early hits. Uh, Woody Woodmansey on the drums and Trevor Boulder on the bass. If you look at those old David Bowie videos, you'll see that uh, Woody Woodmansey playing the drums, pretty benign. Good, solid beat. Trevor Boulder, the guy with the big uh, mutton chops. And they're keeping the rhythm down for David Bowie uh, and Mick Ronson, who decided he didn't want to take part of this. Uh, Now, this is bad. This is poorly produced, poorly engineered. I don't know who thought of this, but it was released in 1976. Not very good at all and sort of cheapens. Well, it doesn't cheapen the legacy of that band because nobody really cared. But if you're ever curious to know what the Spiders from Mars, or at least two thirds ostensibly of the Spiders from Mars, decided 
if they decided to do it without David Bowie and his, you know, paltry ideas and stuff. If you're ever wondering what that sounded like, well, rest assured, the next three songs are from this album. They released this album and then nothing happened after that. Hope you enjoy it. You won't.
Shine your light on him. Shine that light, yeah. Shine that light, yeah. Uh. Mmm, that's some fresh garbage right there. Yep. That was the Spiders from Mars and their, shall we say, eponymous release from 1976 featuring... um, two members of the famous Bowie band, the the rhythm section from back in the early 70s, with some workmanlike music that nobody liked. Uh, That was Shine a Light, and before that, White Man, Black Man, which did nothing to ease racial tension. Uh, And before that, Red Eyes, which is the first song on the record. This is Gilbert Neal, and you're listening to D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities, I Hope. Because if you're not, then something freaky is going on with you. So I am a big David Bowie fan, and I think it really pays tribute to him. And the one thing that people don't really talk about is the fact that he never said anything bad about the people that he was involved with. He just sort of moved on, you know. He um, he worked with Mick Ronson later on in 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 the um, I guess before he died, he worked with Mick Ronson and. Another thing I noticed about this release is that the piano and the keyboards were played by a guy named Mick Gar- Mike Garson, who actually played with Bowie recently. He played on the uh, out, the Outside album, as well as um, Aladdin Sane. Uh, very unique style. I like anything that Mike Garson was on, and he actually got in a couple of neat little licks on this one, too. So if you're out there, and I know you're probably not, Mike, if you are out there and you're looking for a session, give me a call. My fingers are made of ham. This is WHUP FM 104.7, and I am honored to be here with you today. So, moving on, there was another group in the late 60s, early, no, the late 60s, that was really a big part of the, the, the hippie scene, but not really the drug scene. And I'm talking about a group by the name of the Love and Spoonful. Spoonful. Ubiquitous in its time, and even now you can hear a whole bunch of their stuff on commercials. Um, Did you ever have to make up your mind? Well, that was John Sebastian and the Love and Spoonful. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirty. That was the Love and Spoonful. Also, um, you didn't have to be so nice. I would have liked you anyway. Love and Spoonful. Such a series of catchy winning singles written by or... The lion's share written by that that clever young band named John Sebastian. So he was the guitar player and he played um, the dulcimer and he played uh, a whole bunch of stuff. And they came from jug band roots, which is usually the kiss of death for music nowadays. But back then, you could say we're a jug band group and somebody was going to give you a chance. Perhaps you had illicit pictures of, of their aunt or something. 
whatever. We are richer for it. I am not a big fan of John Sebastian. His biggest solo hit, which um, which you know, because last week I played you the follow-up to that hit, which was called Hideaway. His biggest hit was Welcome Back. Your dreams were your ticket out with um, the theme from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. And I'm... Uh, um, that was a number one, you could say, one hit wonder. But John Sebastian had a very rich and um, important role in the in music back then. And now you can see him when he's hawking big hits of the 60s, uh, multi-CD release. But anyway, I digress, and it's my right to. I worked hard for the show. I even made a theme song. He quit the group when they were waning in popularity, and it was time for him to explore a solo career. It really was. Uh, the guitar player in the group, uh, Zal Yanofsky, I think was his name. Um, he was in trouble. He had been busted for drugs. And I think my understanding of what happened was that he was um, asked to name names. And he named some names. And that was verboten back then because, man, what's wrong with you? Get with the scene, brother. Come on, yell. Don't be naming names. But he named names, and that was the end pretty much of his career. He opened up uh, an organic food store in, I think, Mississauga or Toronto, somewhere near Buffalo, New York, which is where everything is located in in your young life, um, mine. So the group was done, and uh, John Sebastian went on to sign a deal, and he released a couple of solo records. They did not do well. They did not do well at all. He released three or four of them, and the thing is, everybody knew he was going to be a success because he had, he was a, he, you just don't know, he was, he was a very respected songwriter back then. So they had a contract, and they had to fulfill the contract by releasing one more record. And I'm about to play you three songs from the record. And this is still the Love and Spoonful, and the, 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 I think the drummer took, took over lead vocals. I'll have more for that after this set. But it's not bad stuff. It's just not really very good. So this is three songs from the last album by the Love and Spoonful called Revolution Revelation. And uh, there is actually a song on it called that, which goes on for 10 minutes of just noise. I was going to play it, but... There's another track later on that I'm going to play for my show that has just that that same thing. Anyway, I hope you like it. You probably won't. Here is three tracks from the last album by The Love and Spoonful. Amazing and beautiful night Softer than diamonds Your children sing, seeds have been sown, we're all here together, so let's all call it home. If we confess that we've been blessed with peace of mind and tenderness, then even if I pass you in the
said that before My heart like a bird that can no longer fly In a cage made of words and I cannot say why Those colored phrases have turned into lies said that before I don't know why I even try She never hears me She never hears me No use in talking about words known by heart The sound drowns in static The words fall apart
Yeah, man. What'd you think of that? That was the Love and Spoonful's last album called Revelation Revolution 69. The cover is kind of neat. It's a man and a woman, obviously all naked, running behind what appears to be a lion. Um, and they're all running together. So, I don't know. Somebody was smoking, smoking to be, smoking to be, and they came up with that. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D-Sides Orphans and Oddities on a Saturday evening. I hope you're enjoying my show. Will you please contact me on the Facebook or through the station or whatever and let me know that you like what we're doing here. It's uh, It takes a lot of work to put the show together, and I enjoy every second of it. It doesn't really matter to me how many people are listening, as long as you are. There was a great article in the Independent, the the uh, magazine that all the kids these days are reading here in the Triangle of North Carolina, they didn't spell my name right or my show's name, which is strange. Weird. They 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 called it something entirely different. And um, um, well, we'll get them next time, I think. I kid, I kid. Hey, you know what one of my least favorite bands of all time is? The Doors. I hate The Doors. I've never liked The Doors remotely. I don't like Jim Morrison. I never liked his lyrics. I think they're bombastic and silly. I think he's, uh, mm, I th- I guess I just, I don't find much credibility in his work. He, he was a crooner who in- indulged in the blues every now and then, and he made everybody listen to him do that. But he was very charismatic, very attractive, and he wore leather pants, very tight leather pants. So... Um, when he died or when he was alleged to have died, personally, I thought he was pumping my gas in Apex the other day, looked a lot like what he would look like today. His three friends, um, uh, let's see, Robbie Krieger, Ray Densmore and John Densmore Krieger, Ray Fulano, those guys, I don't remember their names right now because, um, I just don't. But anyway, the three of them decided that. Even though Jim was gone, man, they should continue the spirit of the doors by releasing, I think, two albums uh, in the studio and they kept touring. And I think that they, after that, they took a few years off. Somebody dusted off an old box of junk and discovered that it was Jim Morrison reciting his poetry to a bunch of kids. And so they took the tape and they decided to make some of that groovy um Roller skating, roller skate rink music that um, that uh, they were so fond of, and that was called an American Prayer. That's how much I dislike the Doors. But I am going to play you now three songs from those albums, a selection, a potpourri, if you will, of some of the music that they made after Jim Morrison allegedly died, and was not in any way affiliated with a gas station in Apex pumping my gas. I hope you like it. You probably won't. But here's the doors after Jim Morrison uh, bit the big one. For a while, and we 
gotta be tough and I will never know what it's like all right shut up I will never know what it's like to have uh, such success that even when the main creative force well one of the big creative forces in your group and um, uh, just won't stop doing drugs and just won't stop being a, a goofball. But that was a couple of tracks from The Doors after Jim Morrison became a gas station attendant in Apex, North Carolina. This is WHUPLP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal, and my show is called D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. And I love you so much. I do. I love you. Next week's show is going to be my Valentine's Day show. I'm going to play nothing but slow jams, and I'm going to talk to you like you're my special valentine plucked from the uh, dating app, which I would imagine I would be part of. And I would have you back at my apartment, luxuriously appointed in some sort of uh, faux uh, uh, neo-modernist theme, 
with the attendant Khalil Gibran laying on the floor and my leather jacket hanging on the door that I haven't worn ever because it doesn't fit me anymore. And I would have the Moosewood cookbook out to show you that I'm an impressive, sensitive man and I'm ready to make you my tabbouleh, my award-wanting tabbouleh. But that's next week's show. So prepare to be seduced. But in the meantime, prepare to be seduced by more of my rock and roll potpourri, which is the stuff that I am playing on the music with the radio thing now. There's an MIT With experts who know all about the economy Got lots of graphs and tables And there's books on their shelves They're shot up with useless knowledge But detached from themselves They make a lot of money while they sit on their ass But they'll never have the knowledge of the working class No, no No, they don't know, no, no Chicago, there's a university in the middle of the squalor and the poverty. They're scared to leave the campus for the streets at night, cause the targets of their theories put them too uptight. They may know how to serve the ruling corporate brass, but they'll never have the knowledge of the working class. No, no. No, they don't know, no, no. They say that 5% means everyone's got jobs To justify the profits that the big firm robs They think that they're a master race that's seen the light But the working class don't need them to know things ain't right And you'll soon run out of time just as you've run out of gas If you cannot learn the knowledge of the working class No, no
one universal truth in that song and that is that back then in 1966 the karate monkey could not legally be beat now it's 2016 and the laws have changed somewhat the um the uh, regulations have loosened and now you can beat the karate monkey my name is gilbert neal and this is d sides orphans and oddities on a saturday night i hope you're enjoying my show that started off with anything good by the red shadow uh, that's a fascinating album does not stand up to repeated listenings, but has some really neat songs based on previously released pop gems, only lyrics reinvented to tailor to the, uh, communist movement of the early seventies. Um, the workers movement, I should say. Um, and then Bo Diddley with Bo Diddley 69, no comment. And then Carly Simon uh, with long-term physical effects. I think she's talking about the marijuana. And uh, that's from a movie called Taking Off, which was directed by Milos Forman, who also did One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Amadeus, a bunch of stuff. And uh, if you ever have a chance to seek out that movie, it is as, uh, um, uh, what was that? I watched a movie a couple weeks ago called, um, um, oh yeah, The Finks. It's like a slice of time. It's like slicing the 1971 attitude and and putting it on film. It's like it's it's so it's it's anyway, if you ever get a chance to see it, you can see Carly Simon uh, playing the part of an audition singer along with Kathy Bates, who was in um, that movie with James Caan and a bunch of other things that she was in that she did and acted in. And I can't remember. Uh, Carly Simon was in that movie. It was uh, <clears throat> Buck Henry, uh, Georgia Engel from the Mary Tyler Moore show, Paul Benedict. Um, he was in Spinal Tap. He was the guy behind in, in the, at the hotel checking them in. Uh, and Ike and Tina Turner, of course. Of course. Why did I say of course? Because you never heard of that movie and you'll never watch it. But if you are, uh, if you have some spare time uh, and you want to watch a really, really obscure movie that's not very good, but it has some Carly Simon in it. Uh, check out Taking Off by Milos Forman. Anyway, and then after that, uh, Chubby Checker trying to um, reignite his career with Karate Monkey. <sighs> karate. Yes, Karate Monkey can be beat. I'd like to present now my next set. I hope you enjoy it. This kind of music is the stuff I'll be playing next week, by the way. Baby, you look good. I swiped right and I'm glad I did. Will you have a seat? Oh, I know. 
You said Chardonnay was your favorite. Well, I got you Chardonnay. Do you like the leopard print blanket I have? Oh, this old thing, it's a CRT, cathode ray television, they're coming back, you know. For your love, for your love, for your love. 
Ain't going to take care of you and Jordy, too. There'll be none of that. Thank you. That was Eddie Simpson with Big Black Funky Slave. And before that, Dennis Lynn with Burnin' Love. He's the guy who wrote that song, but the original version was done by a guy named Arthur Alexander, who maybe you know as the guy who wrote, um, let's see how to... Anna, just one more thing, girl, for the Beatles. Now, you didn't write it for the Beatles, of course, but that was a song that he released and then the Beatles covered on their first American album, I believe. Or their first English. I don't know. I can't think of it right now. But anyway, Arthur Alexander, back in 62, wrote, uh, released Anna. Beatles covered it in 62 or 63. Later on, he covered, the. he did the first version that was released of uh, Burn in Love. And then Elvis, a couple months later, heard it, liked it, released it, and that was his biggest hit after um, um, Suspicious Minds. That was his biggest single after that. Um, before that, uh, David Bowie with What in the World. One of my favorite uh, albums is of his is Low. And it kind of sounds like the world is coming apart. If you listen to that record in the right move, it just, in the right mood, it just the whole thing just sounds cool, so crazy. And he makes it work. Uh, and before that, the uh, song that I was trying to lover man talk you with but failed. Uh, a song called Pinball Playboy Theme by a group called Cook County. Cook County, just a group of uh, instrumentalists. Um, or a group of session musicians who were putting together this record. Uh, if you listen to the whole album, it's just, you know, your standard disco stuff. But Pinball Playboy theme was, <clears throat> excuse me, released on the Motown label. Um, created as a promotional song for the 1979 rollout of the Playboy Pinball Machine. You remember Pinball, don't you? Well, that's what that's. That's what that song was for. Um, and uh, it's nice. To, it's a good groove. Maybe I'll revive it next week when I do my Valentine's Day Loverman show. Although, I'm having second thoughts about it now, to be honest with you. I am. This is D-Size Orphans and Oddities on WHUP-FM. 104.7. Yeah.
gentlemen, welcome to violence, the word and the act. While violence cloaks itself in a plethora of disguises, its favorite mantle still remains sex. Violence devours all it touches, its voracious appetite rarely fulfilled. Yet violence doesn't only destroy, it creates and molds as well. Let's examine closely then this dangerously evil creation, this new breed encased and contained within the supple skin of woman, the 
the softness is there, the unmistakable smell of female, the surface shiny and silken, the body yielding yet wanton. But a word of caution, handle with care and don't drop your guard. This rapacious new breed prowls both alone and in packs, operating at any level, any time, anywhere, and with anybody. Who are they? One might be your secretary, your doctor's receptionist, or a dancer in a go-go club. fast hey how you doing it's good to see you well <laughs> i love that that <laughs> this is d sides orphans and oddities on whup <clears throat> fm 104.7 worldwide at one at um, whupfm.org and my name is gilbert neal and um you just heard freddie cannon his big hit was Palisades Park uh, in the late in the early '60s, and that was his attempt at cashing in on the Rowan and Martin's laugh-in craze by releasing a single called "Socket to the Judge," pig meat Markham phrase. Freddie Cannon singing a song about it, and he also sang another song Freddie Cannon around that time called "Beautiful Downtown Burbank," another attempt at mawkishly trying to catch the wave of Rowan and Martin laugh-in mania. And I could do a whole show on that. Uh, Artie Johnson and Ruth Buzzy and um, <clears throat> all those other people. Uh, Goldie Hawn. Just, it was it was king of the ratings from, I think, 68, 69. And then once, um, once uh, Nixon was in office for a little while, I think the show just sort of, sort of lost its edge 
it never really had an edge. I mean, the Smother, the Smothers Brothers had an edge. Ronan Martin's Laugh-In did not have an edge. It had, it, it's like um, the show um, Big Bang Theory is like fake comedy in that you know you should be laughing, but you're not. Um, Ronan Martin's Laugh-In was you think you should be like titillated and excited by the, just just edging up to the counterculture, but not quite dipping your toe in. Same thing. Before that, a little little snippet from Faster Pussycat, my favorite movie of all time, except for the other ones that I like. And the smell of female, her body yielding yet wanton, um, which was part of my wedding vows. Before that, uh, Eric Burden and War with A Day in the Life, the uh, cover of the Be- the famous Beatles song. Uh, released, uh, recorded in the seventies, but it wasn't released until 1976 on an album called love is all around, sort of a compilation of the stuff that they never released and a couple of B sides. Anyway, um, I hope you like that. And I sure did. This is one of my favorite sets ever. Those, those three songs. Anyway, onward, inward toward, we move on now with, uh, Robert Fripp and uh, the group he was in before he was in King Crimson called Giles, Giles and Fripp with a little merriment, little very, very English music. And I think this is going to be our last set before we say goodnight. Maybe I might have to do the ID again. I don't know. And I have my guitar out here. Look, listen to this. Wait. OK, here we go. Ready? All right. That's not bad. Anyway, uh, more rock and roll for you. He runs a little shop with a room at the top and a mortgage all around it. His little lady will be 53 on Monday and his only son's in the Navy. But he doesn't shout about it. No, he doesn't shout about it. He's a one in a million. He's a one in a million He runs a little shop with a room at the top The advertisements surround it He's very content with the things at the moment Except the yellow line by the pavement But he doesn't shout about it No, he doesn't shout about it He's a one in a million He's a one in a million He's lucky and happy just because the battle's not for him to fight. He doesn't have a cause, perhaps he's wrong, perhaps he's right. He runs a little shop with a room at the top and he parks his car behind it. He's in short for a couple of thousand and he's almost due for a pension. He doesn't shout about it No, he doesn't shout about it 
Hosanna While you rest I've been watching you Now your eyes are closed So I guess you've dozed Just sleep is so overdue, Hannah I'll speak softly Cause I hate awfully if you should wake and See how I've pushed aside all my manly pride Have you hear this speech I make? It was fifty years in June Since I promised you that moon if you would be my wife You were young and just a child And as pretty as a smile when we teamed up for life And your hands had all the knack To make that three-room shack look just like a cottage made for us <laughs> Our old car would never run But you laughed and made it fun to walk or catch a bus Then I guess it was pretty soon that I forgot about that moon As we struggled day by day Progressed awful slowly and You've had to live so lowly That you've been with me All the way I had my toils and toys and You had our girls and boys To rock and feed and raise And Hannah Oh, I gotta admit you did a beautiful job You deserve a lot of praise And you never once complain With just one dress to your nails And you never had perfumes <laughs> and such I pictured daisies growing wild And I'd remember how you'd smile And tell me that, <laughs> that you love me so much box of chocolate-covered cherries could make your Christmas merry, and every year you'd manage to look surprised. And I never could remember dates, but you never forgot my cake. Oh, Hannah, how the years fly by. See some new lines in your face And that pretty red hair's been replaced But you're still as pretty as can be And sweetheart, you know With that snow white hair you look Just like an angel Can't you hear me? I've been talking very loud. You sure are sleeping sound. Your hands are very cold. Is something wrong? There are so many things I meant to say. Oh, Hannah. 
streaming live at